Hi, I'm Corey Luna. This is Rich Hogben, and we are here to patch you up on Patch Dispatch. Today, we'll be talking a little bit about what's going on with Moog, talk about our new presentation of monologues, a couple of album releases, and get into a little bit of gear. So, Rich, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm pretty, uh, I'm excited and nervous for Saturday. <laughs> You know, it's something I'm excited. Yeah, it's something we worked on. I mean, something we've been planning for like a long time and we finally like did it. So it'd be cool to <laughs> get it out there, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's we're going to get into it in a minute, but uh, it was it was really cool. Like it was just such a chill experience for the first time for us, like just because our interviewee and, and host was very gracious with his time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And uh, let's talk about what's going on with Moog first. Uh, that's a big topic about what happened with the, the sale of Moog. Very, uh, uh, I think to most of the public, it was very abrupt uh, and also very sad at the same time. Yeah, I think, um, I forget the, the date they announced in music had bought it. It's been... Half a year now, or it was a while back, right? In music, has it been? I I don't know. I mean, it's been a little bit of time. It it, it didn't just happen, um, but I remember some people calling it out then, like this isn't good, because they've pointed to other instances where In Music had bought other companies and just basically outsourced everything. Correct. Uh, Alesis is one of those companies that has never been the same company since. And granted, uh, I honestly don't know when that purchase happened to Alesis, but I haven't seen anything unique come out of Alesis in well over 15 years. Right, right. That, that's what I heard too. They just kind of, they take the core product and then just run with it. And then that's what they do. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they have forever. Oh, it's kind of, um, yeah. Anyways, yeah, but we, we saw that we both saw this article about the same time. Uh, I think it, I think it was on synth, synth anatomy. That's where I saw it first. Um, and it sounds like they, they heard something from ex employees. So that, that seems like that's what tipped them off to the uh, yeah. downsizing. Yeah, it looks like from someone from a uh, synth anatomy, a correspondent was able to interview a couple people at the factory. And it says in that article that about 30 people were laid off who were factory workers. Right, right. And that's, that's a large production uh, layoff. Yeah, because I, I think they were making everything there, right? Yes, uh, everything's been made in uh, oh, is it uh, Asheville, North Carolina, for I don't know, what maybe f 35, 40 years, if not longer. Mm -hmm. As the, the company was founded in 1951 in New York, and that event, and I think, but in the 70s, uh, Bob Moog relocated to uh, Asheville. North Carolina mm -hmm. and it's been there ever since even you know with with uh, the absence of Bob Oak the company from my perspective has has done well with 
it keeping the product fresh and up to date and maintaining the quality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I love like the new the stuff the um, the art direction they did for some of the new like <clears throat> the uh, semi modulars they put out like uh, the um, DFAM and stuff like that the 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 inbox like um booklets and and posters and stuff were really really cool um it definitely had like a passion sort of uh feeling to it versus just we make hardware and put it throw it in a box and you know sell it in the store um yeah yeah and i i also read that so um it was like almost half employee owned like 49 percent or something like that so seemed like a lot of people there probably were, um, you know, uh, invested in it as, you know, they, they own some of it, the, the company and love working there. And then, yeah, this happens. Um, yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> no, uh, it looks like uh, a lot of people have said, hey, it was a good run, uh, but it's not going to be good beyond this. Right. So uh, we'll only know, you know, we have yet to tell. But it's not looking good so far. I know there's there've been some follow up articles since then, and I think even Moog has come out and said, you know, try to explain like what's happening. Like, um, you know, they're going to keep some of their high end sort of building built stuff there, but then they're going to have help from their overseas suppliers, you know, like finishing off product, um, whatever that means. <laughs> right. It seems that it was. They had to do it out, out of, to not go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Seems as from what I can tell from the articles I've read is so they don't foreclose and stop production. They had to sell the company. Right. Right. It's yeah. just really sad to hear. I didn't honestly. I didn't realize they were hurting that that much financially. Mm-hmm. You know, so very sad. But uh, I, I hope the best for the you know for the brand. Of course, it's such a large staple to all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, anyone who has Mo gear, hold on to it. It's just going to go up in price. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be the made in <clears throat> America stuff, the made in here, there, and yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Hope and, for the uh, best, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like uh, probably Moogfest won't... I don't know if that's going to happen anymore if the company has now changed so much. Yeah, you'd think if they were, like, hurting that much that, where they had to sell, like, they're not going to be spending on festival, right? Like... Yeah. And that was also ready. another thing I'm sure a lot of people always, like, look forward to. And there's... Uh, I, I I never did, but I always wanted to try to go to, to one of like the, I don't know what they called them, like the engineering sort of, um, like you to build your own synth thing. Mm. Right. Those were always really cool. Uh, uh, Frank Martin was a, uh, a, a participant of, of quite a few of those. Right. He has a few of Moogs in his collection that he got to hand build himself at Moog Fest. Right. And as many other people did. Right. Right. Yeah. I, me- I remember seeing those. Well, wow. 
interesting stuff. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll stay tuned and hear what what happens next. Yeah. Well, let's go into monologues. Now, this has been a project that Rich, you and I have been working on for well over a year now. Something that we have been talking about in transition to what we've been doing for the live shows. And it it's different than what we've done in the past. and But it gives us more control and focus on one subject at a time. Now, uh, how about you tell us your vision? Um, well, sort of what we've been, uh, our, our kind of peaked narrative is, you know, sort of where we started, which was, uh, you know, the San Francisco, um, meetups that were, you know, <clears throat> two artists, um, performance and an interview where you're sort of, you know, asking them about, you know, how they prepare for the live set, um, you know, how their general production stuff kind of everything like that. Um, uh, and those were really, really fun. And of course we transitioned to uh, doing those online and what comes with that is sort of a, a loss of the ability to sort of control, um, you know, just the, uh, uh, I guess it's the quality, quality just you, you lose some control, you know, you gain the ability to have people uh on the show that are from lots of different places um but it comes with a trade-off <laughs> so yeah i kind of wanted to get back to um you know uh running the cameras um you know working on lighting kind of like putting on a show um but so yeah monologues is our sort of version of that uh but uh one artist at a time and um kind of uh learning a little bit more about um, them and their daily life and their sort of approach to making music, you know, <clears throat> day to day. And, uh, you know, I guess their musical journey and sort of, um, you know, what the future holds. So um, that's kind of the, the, the main theme of, of monologues right now. And uh, we're going to, be presenting our very first one on uh, this Saturday, which is what, what, what date is that? I actually don't even know what date that's going to be. 30th, September 30th. I think so. Yeah. All right. I believe you're right. September 30th, this Saturday on uh, our peak YouTube, we will be presenting the first monologues. And this is going to be on musical fungus where uh, Rich and I traveled to his home and, interviewed him got to uh, meet his partner and who was uh really really wonderful and accommodating and drank lots of coffee <laughs> and got to you know experience what it's like in the studio of, mon of musical fungus and it was exciting I, I gotta say uh seeing his gear and getting to talk with him more in depth like uh we've i've known him for a few years now like i wouldn't say that we're that close but we've gotten to the point where we are you know uh, have a good friendship going on as it's slowly growing over our musical endeavors and seeing how he is continually doing the same thing and how he explained a lot about his his inspirations makes a lot of sense 
listening back to his music, I can now hear uh, his it, who it inspires him as an artist and how it influences his work as well. And how he goes from using Bukla, Surge, and Eurorack specifically, all three of those uh, styles, and brings them all into his own style. To me, it's like one of the most unique things listening to him because the jams that he did uh, that we that we recorded with him were all done in Eurorack. But if you didn't know that, I don't think you would notice that it, he didn't use Bukla or Surge. In, mm -hmm. in that recording because his style is so organic, mm -hmm. which is very much like playing Bukla or Surge. You have a very organic flow and feel to those systems because those are all analog systems. And he does that same style in Eurorack, which a lot of, you know, and he has a mix of analog and digital modules. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he, he talked about how... <clears throat> He, his, um, like his make noise system, how that, uh, reminds him of those other systems. And that, that's kind of why he gravitates a lot to that one. Uh, he, he called it his go-to sort of go-to system. So, um, yeah, I really liked, you know, I remember cause he was at peaked the first peaked and then I think the third peaked or fifth peaked or. Yeah, around there around, yeah. around yeah. there yeah so he was he was there twice and it was cool seeing him bring in his his modular system but it was like a totally different thing to be like in the room with like everything you know all put together and see it all like at once so i really enjoyed that so there's a piece that uh we did make the cut but i did mention to you a couple of days ago that i really enjoyed uh, a little bit of uh, our conversation which we had on on film but we didn't use was I asked him the difference between uh, banana cables and eighth-inch patch cables for Eurorack, and he knew it in depth. <laughs> and I was blown away. I said, I've never used banana cables, so mm -hmm. I don't know the experience. I don't know what I'm what, what I'll be working with. So hearing the difference was very, very impressive mm -hmm. and surprised me very much on how different they are. Yeah, he he kind of went off on that whole. <laughs> it was like, oh, I know about this. <laughs> there was a lot of moments like that where he has a really like deep knowledge and something like that. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, so that was the other thing. Um, um, we're going to release sort of like an extended edition, not really behind the scenes, but sort of behind the scenes because like as much footage as we can put into it um and release that on on the peaked website so if you're a member i think probably just any free member um you'll be able to access that uh and check it out because there's there's some cool stuff in there that definitely didn't make the cut because you know <laughs> we don't wanna, yeah. we don't want to throw out an hour-long video at, at everybody no. <laughs> yeah so monologues is a uh, the new new uh series coming out from from peak that rich and i are working on we've got one so far and we've got a couple more people lined up that we'll be working with over the next few months to uh, have more of this high-end production videos coming to you yep yeah so i'm looking forward to traveling this, this is it's exciting <laughs> yeah at least one of them's got to be in la so <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think a few are going to be in LA. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> but 
All right, let's get into some albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been in conversation with uh, Wabi Sabi, and he actually just released a, a new album, which is on his Bandcamp. And I'm also, with his permission, we're also going to be putting his full album out on Seismic Audio Podcast. And his new album is called uh, Kyoto no Oto. And if you want to hear the full album, it's it, it right now, if you want to buy it, it's actually on Bandcamp right now. He just released it out there. But uh, it's really beautiful. He had just spent some time in Japan with uh, his fam- with some family and traveled around and did a lot of field recordings. So with the mix of the field recordings in different areas he went to, he's also put on layers of synthesizers. So mm-hmm. It's just this really beautiful, wholesome sound. It's very ambient sound style and it is really lovely do you want to play a sample oh sure let's play a sample um <clears throat> could do the a, a little bit of the first one that's perfect okay give me a sec to cue it up here Awesome. Absolutely beautiful. And we've got another album coming your way that just released. This is actually from Encounters, which we had him on peaked a few months ago. And he's put out a remix of his album called A Path Beyond. Remixed. Now, this is pretty cool. Looks like he's got a bit of uh, some collaborators with him on this one. Mm-hmm. And it's cool. It's got some different takes on his on his music, which I really I'm really enjoying. And it's currently on pre order right now, so the full album is not out yet. But what you can oh, the I samples see. that are available are pretty cool. There's a bit of break beats going on in there, which is something that's very different from his original album. Yeah, let's uh, hear a sample. Um, maybe uh, the Path Snowdrop remix, or what do you think? That's a good one. Okay. Okay. 
like that. It's really cool. He's got he got some he got Blue Tech to do a remix. Wow. Yeah, it's really it's really sweet. Yeah, there's there's a lot on here. Cool. So when is the when does it release again? After from the pre-order? Oh, October sixth. Okay. Yes. Cool. That's really cool. Wait. All right. And want to head over to gear? Sure. All right. Now let's talk about uh, meta module. Yeah. So we uh, we covered uh, you know a little bit of knobcon stuff. Um, and then after the show, I was scrolling through Instagram and somebody had a, was, I think it was a story or something uh, of this 4MS module that's like a concept module called the meta module. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> like, why, why didn't I see this before the show? Because I definitely would have talked about it. Um, but it's basically like uh, they put VCV rack inside of a Eurorack module which is why it's called the meta module. Uh, you know, we've got the modules that have been digitized into VCV rack world, and now they've come back into a module. Um, but yeah, the idea is that you can build a patch in VCV rack and then export that patch and import it into the meta module. Um, so it's like a super hyper digital module that you can kind of make whatever you want. It's almost like, I don't know, to me, it'd be like one of those like programming modules, but you just build out the rack like you normally would in VCV rack. Um, yeah, let's see what it, uh, here, this is a, a screenshot of it on um, modular grid. Um, and Such a good idea. Yeah, it's got, um, let's see, looks like gate ins, CV ins, and then audio CV outs. Um, and I'm guessing these, oh, okay, those are probably attenu attenuators. Um, yeah. But kind of a tiny little screen and an SD card and a USB-C connector. So um, I don't know. I mean, I guess oh, if, if you're into like VCV rack, uh, this is pretty cool. <laughs> I know I know there's people that do like the VCV rack and modular kind of combination. I've seen that before. Um, so with this, you wouldn't need to have like your laptop. You could just load the patch on the module and have it in your case, which is pretty cool. That's fun. It's more tactile. Mm -hmm. Looks like it has Wi-Fi capability too. Too. Is a USB uh, SD card or Wi-Fi? Oh, I see. Probably yeah. to like configure it, maybe. Possibly. Yeah. Interesting. Preset manager. So you can probably scroll through different patches. Yeah. So they're calling it like a DSP development platform. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's definitely probably, yeah. I'm sure it's very like, you know, in the works still. So, <laughs> yeah, there's, I don't think there's a launch date on this right now. Yeah, it's to be determined. Right, right. 
early 2024 price to be determined. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this that's exciting. Uh, as you know, many of us know, VCV Rec is really fantastic with what they do for for your rack in general and being able to virtually use your rack modules without having to really purchase them physically is amazing already and having it already and having it set up into your your rack is a great idea mm -hmm. are the um are the uh make noise modules are those in pcv rack I've never looked, honestly. Okay. That's a good, great I'm sure, question. I'm sure if I've there heard. isn't, there's equivalents. But like, if you ever wanted to run like 20 maths, this is the module for you. <laughs> you could just load them all up in there. Your batch. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good, if there isn't, if it's not in there already, then someone probably has already emulated it. And I'm sure. They probably have a, a maths like function module. I'd imagine so. Cool. And then what was the other module you wanted to look at? The uh, port two from X1L3 in England. Now this is a, a this one's a little different. So he, uh, X1L3 always makes things a little different from everybody else. So a port two is a retro joystick and paddle adapter for Eurorack modules. So his, his, uh, the concept is that you can take joysticks from, you know, Atari and other older consoles, and you can use them to control your audio with this module. Okay. Which sounds kind of fun. Oh, I see it. Yep. That's really cool. Yeah. So if you've got a box of, you know, controllers from the 80s sitting around, you can plug them in and control audio with them. Mm-hmm. And it looks like he has three connected. How many can you get in there? Oh, I see the two on the top. That was a great question. If there's, you can do more. You got two DSUB connectors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one and two. Yep, on the top. Looks like you have can just do like two at a time, and then you've got plenty of uh, inputs and output, plenty of outputs for the joystick gate. And then also for the uh, TV outputs for the paddle. Oh yeah, here's the, here's the, yeah, the description. I see, okay. Oh, uh, that makes sense. That's cool. Yeah. But uh, he does have a disclaimer on here. It says, did not work with Sega Nintendo controllers. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it is... Uh, defense it's it's a, a programming issue so they're designed differently than like atari and you know, all, some of the older game consoles mm -hmm. or commodore 64 as well is is also included in this 
I would definitely pair this with like a chip tune kind of setup. Yeah. You know, get the old school controllers and, and some samples or just some of that 8 bit sound. Oh, yeah. That would be fun. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I like it a lot. All right. And do we have anything else uh, on our list for today? No, I think that's it for tonight. Fantastic. Oh, stay tuned for model logs coming up, and uh, we'll talk to you probably in the next couple weeks. And this has been Corey Luna and Rich Hogben, and this has been Patch Dispatch. <laughs>